The 2023 Women's Football World Cup has its winner, with Spain triumphing over England in the final in Sydney last night, 1-0. It's fair to say it was an unbelievable tournament. The quality of football was fantastic, it was full of nail-biting moments and sensational individual performances. And many of the traditional powerhouses, Hello US, were brought to their knees by smaller nations. The success, though, it wasn't always a given, and in the lead-up to the tournament, ticket sales here and in Australia were sluggish. Politicians were pleading with the public to please head along, and organisers actually had to give tickets away to some of the earlier matches. So what does that all tell us about New Zealand sports fans? And how does Aotearoa capitalise on the spotlight we've enjoyed over the past month? Well, Nick Sortner is the Chief Executive of Eden Park, and he's with me now to chat a bit about that. Kia ora, Nick. Kia ora, and thanks for your time, Jess. No worries. Now, out of interest, and this is not a trick question, but how into women's football would you say you were before the tournament, or has it been a bit of a journey of discovery like it has actually for so many of us? Well, certainly over the last three years, there's been an enormous amount of planning at Eden Park around the FIFA Women's World Cup. But throughout the tournament, I've just been embracing every game and enthralled, and uh, my wife and I have stayed up, had many a lot late night. Um, my two daughters, who are three and five, are now kicking footballs around the house. So it's been a family affair. That's awesome. And if we can just go back to, what, four weeks ago now, can you tell me what your, what your nerves were like before the start of the tournament when there was, you know, news articles about, oh, Kiwis are a bit late to the party to buying tickets. We're going to give some away. Are we going to go? And we didn't actually know whether this tournament was going to be a success. How nervous were you before that first game? I thought it was just critical that people realise the enormity of the event. Uh, Eden Park has been fortunate to hold three Women's World Cups in an 18-month period. We've been committed to gender equality in sport, and this was our opportunity. The world was watching, arguably our biggest ever global audience, the biggest ever sporting women's sporting event in the world, and Eden Park, the national stadium, was hosting the opening fixture. So, um, yeah, it was everyone's opportunity to shine, and um, Hannah Wilkinson's goal on Eden Park, no one will ever forget that moment. We've had 120 years of history and uh, memories at Eden Park, but I don't think there's been a greater uh, roar of the crowd. Amazing. Do you think that goal and that win was the kind of the spark that lit the interest for the rest of the tournament? I think in within communities. So we looked at whether it be the Vietnamese or the Filipino community, there was certainly an interest in the tournament. Um, having the US team playing two games and possibly three at the park there was, there was pockets of interest, but what we saw throughout the tournament, um, one of our icon partners, um, he brought along his children to the first US game. He ended up attending six games. So when you look at that as a scenario, um, people came, they experienced, it was such a family-friendly environment, and it really has been an opportunity to showcase women's sport, but also showcase what our national stadium could deliver too. Totally. And, and like you talk about that family-friendly environment, it reminds me of what we saw with the Ferns, you know, last year and, and how everyone got behind that and just what the experience was like inside the stadiums. Could I compare that for a second with some of maybe the male sports where it's not it's not less inviting, but maybe it is a little bit more intimidating for some people to, to join those environments? I think um, one of the factors is actually price point. We do have a cost of living crisis in New Zealand and people are looking at their discretionary spend. The FIFA Women's World Cup was priced well for families. It was also had a range of time. So there was daytime, nighttime, middle of the week. Um, we was having 35,000 come on a Monday night or a Sunday night. So who would have thought a semi-final not involving a local team would sell out at Eden Park? Six fixtures at nine sold out and um, 350,000 fans. 
Those stats are amazing. How can we use that to build the women's game from here? The football fans very rarely play in New Zealand outside of the World Cup, so could Eden Park host matches for them again? We want to see the football ferns. We want to see the black ferns. We want to see all women's sport played at our national stadium. And um, we're willing to support that progression to ensure that we can see gender equality in sport. We need equal promotion. We need equal um, broadcast audiences. We need equal coverage in newspapers because there's no doubt there's an interest. And um, when you watch some of the goals that have been scored throughout, throughout the tournament, it doesn't matter whether male or female, they're some of the best goals you'll ever see. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. It would be remiss of me not to ask this because there have been some murmurings, but is the next step for our little um, partnership between New Zealand and Australia to consider hosting the Men's World Cup? Is that an actual possibility at all? Well, from my perspective, it's demonstrated how well this can work. The first time the FIFA Women's World Cup has been held in the Southern Hemisphere, it has smashed every metric from a financial perspective, from a attendance perspective, from a broadcast audience. So the model has demonstrated it can work. And we've seen with uh, our Prime Minister, Chris Hipkins, and also Anthony Albanese in recent times talking about one economy. Well, why not one sporting opportunity for for tourism, for, for our environment that we can utilise existing infrastructure rather than building new infrastructure. So whether it be a, a men's FIFA World Cup or rugby World Cups or cricket World Cups in future, um, it's a great model. Our countries have always had that Anzac spirit. And also, as someone who grew up in Australia and now calls uh, New Zealand and as a Kiwi citizen, it's the perfect model for me. I can imagine. So, And hey, the cold didn't play too much of a factor because obviously these World Cups are traditionally played in summer. It's winter down here. Do you think anyone got frostbite? Certainly not. I mean, we had nine fixtures at Eaton Park and uh, and no rain. Um, to the point with that opening fixture, there was nine minutes of extra time. As soon as the game concluded and the players uh, headed off the field, we got a little bit of rain. But otherwise, the Garden of Eden produced. Uh, we've had FIFA comment about the condition of the field at Eden Park and how it was the benchmark of the tournament um, in terms of the accessibility, the economic benefit all of these factors contribute to um, a vibrant and dynamic city. And we need in future governments to acknowledge that tournaments and events like this are critical uh, for bringing people into the country, but also for it retaining uh, talent. That was Nick Sortner, Chief Executive of Eden Park, taking a look back at the World Cup for this special episode of Newsable. We'll be back tomorrow morning with our regular show. Ka kite. If you like this podcast, please support our work. Visit stuff.co.nz support.